grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Genesis 22. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the lamb and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide, as it is said to this day. On the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. Dear friends of Christ, it's Lent, and so we journey to the mountain where Christ was sacrificed. And our text today foreshadows that whole event, uh, foreshadowing of the cross. Uh, God promised that Abraham would have a son. However, that son, uh, that promise took a long time in coming. And so Abraham and his wife waited, well, she was 90, he was 100 years old before finally they had their son Isaac. That's a long time to wait for a promise to be fulfilled. But it would be even longer to wait until the final promise of Christ dying on the cross would be fulfilled. And so Abraham gives birth, or gets, uh, has a son Isaac, and of course, um, even at 100 years old, he loves his son, his only son, with all his heart, as you might imagine. Then one day, God comes along and he decides that he's going to put Abraham's faith to the test. Again, I say to the test, and that's important to understand, to stress the word test. God tests his children. Um, some older English translations, uh, most notably the King James Version, say that he tempted and, uh, but in James, our epistle lesson today, which is matched with this, this reading, it says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot tempt anyone with evil. And he, himself, and he himself tempts no one. God, however, will test your faith. The Lord then said to him, now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Now that's a test. In other words, you're going to take your son and give him back to me. I know you love him, but what matters more in your heart, the love of your son or your God? So then he was supposed to not only sacrifice his son, but then burn his son so that there is nothing left on this earth remaining. This Genesis narrative is brief, but it grips the heart. As you see the son being wrapped up, Isaac, and then uh, bound, and then put on an altar for crying out loud, and then a knife raised. We hear the father and the son make this three-day journey to go to Mount Moriah, which, by the way, is the current day of the Temple of the Mount in Jerusalem. So if you've been to Jerusalem, you've been to the place where Jesus died, you've been to the place where uh, they sacrificed all the animals. It's where the temple of God used to be, Solomon's temple, where all the sacrifices were made, all the lambs of the Old Testament, and all the, and all the blood that was shed on that rock, which is etched today still in blood from all the sacrifices that were made uh, 2,000 years ago. The blood is etched, still; it'll always be there, in the rocks. It's amazing when you see it. And so there, 
was Abraham on this same spot. Strong emotions filled Abraham's soul. And yet he never, never faltered. He did what the Lord commanded because he trusted God's promise. We're going to look at that, that promise as we consider our theme, a mountain and a sacrifice. A mountain and a sacrifice. Now I want you to think, if Isaac had died, how many children would he have had? And it's not a trick question. He wouldn't have had any. And this is a problem because God had made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of the descendant of many people. You can't count the stars in the sky, the sand in the seashore. And Abraham only had one descendant. And if that descendant, Isaac, dies, God can't keep his promise, can he? And so God had promised Abraham, your descendant has to have children too. And now you have a problem. Because God is asking Abraham to offer up that one who will give him descendants and then fulfill God's promise. And so Isaac had, or Abraham had concerns. What's God going to do? How is Isaac going to have descendants? How is God going to keep his promise? Have you ever been there where you wondered what's going on in your life when God is testing you? How is God going to keep his promise? How is God going to be faithful to me in the midst of everything that's going on? How is God going to keep his promise when, he, when, when, when I'm being tested by my faith? When troubles come. And maybe, maybe your faith testing comes in, in the form of cancer. Maybe your faith testing comes in the form of when you're financially short to pay your bills. Maybe that, that faith testing comes when a loved one dies or when you're facing death. And what then? Of course, then the seeds of doubt arise, right? And does God really care? Maybe God can't keep his promises. How's he going to do it? If this is the way God treats his children, then I don't need God. I can't count how many times I've heard that one. If this is the way God treats us, then I don't need a God like that. But in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the testing, God gives you a promise, and his promise is certain. When our faith is tested, God promises to give you sufficient faith to endure the trial. Peter wrote, Beloved, do not be surprised by the fiery trial, not just a trial, but the fiery trial, when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. St. Paul wrote, No trial has overtaken you except that which is common to other men. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able, but with the trial will also make the way of escape so that you're able to bear it. Listen, I've been with many of you through fiery trials. And there are times where you go moment by moment seeking God's strength. There are times where you go day by day and God says, I give you strength sufficient for the day. And you dwell on that strength and you cling to that strength and you hold on to God's promise and you endure. 
This is God's promise. However, he will test your faith. He will stretch it the same way he tested Abraham's faith and stretched his faith to find out where your devotion lies and how much you love your Lord and God. It's easy to love him and serve him in the face of prosperity, but what about in the face of adversity? And in the face of adversity, your faith will either rise up and it will stand firm and cling to the promises of God as you endure the fiery trial. Either you will faithfully cling to those promises all the more or you'll fail the test and turn away from Him. Or, and if we turn away from God, it's because our faith has already failed us, isn't it? And so we see Abraham on top of Mount Moriah the mountain of sacrifice. And there he is, and he binds up his son, his only son, his precious dear son, and he makes a sacrifice, lays him on that crude altar, and Isaac now knows something terribly is going wrong. Isaac now has concerns about what's about to take place. He knows he's about to be killed, But it's interesting, neither one speaks a voice of opposition. Neither one of them stops and says, this can't take place. At least it's not recorded in our text. And then Abraham raises his knife. Isaac, like a lamb who is silent, is prepared to be sacrificed. And he raises his knife ready to plunge it into the chest of his son. But in that same instant, the angel of the Lord, and it's called the angel with a definite article, the one angel, it's Jesus, before he took on human flesh in the form of a baby in a manger. The second person of the Trinity shows up, and he intercedes. And Jesus says, Abraham, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then God provided, Jesus provided a substitute on that Mount Moriah, provided a lamb, a male lamb, a ram. And Abraham was only too glad to take that sacrifice in the place of his only son, to slaughter the ram. So I have a question for you. What would you have done If the Lord had tested your faith by asking you to sacrifice your child, how obedient would you be? How obedient are we? And at times we're not very obedient. We are half-hearted, incomplete people. People of weak faith. So what's wrong? God says love one another. And we talk about each other behind their backs, and we badmouth whenever there's a ready ear to listen. And God says, don't you dare. And like a little child, we say, watch me. It's like a child in his terrible twos. And God says, grow in faith. And we say, maybe later. 
Yes. Maybe some other day I'll do a Bible class. Maybe next week. So what's wrong with us? Where do we find the power to be able to do God's will? Where do we find the power to stand up and to raise a knife into the chest of His only Son? Where do we find the power to be obedient? Well, once again, let's consider Abraham. I mean, why in the world did he do this? What motivated Abraham's obedience to kill his son? Was it willpower? And internal strength? No. Was it that Abraham was a better believer than you or I? No. Was it that he was a better man, just a better person than us? No, he, was a, he too was also a terrible, lost, and condemned sinner. So what was it that motivated him to sacrifice his only son? Well, again, we have to go back to the text. And as we do, we, as we read it, remember this, God had made a promise to Abraham, remember? He had promised that Isaac would be Jesus' great, 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 many great grandfather. So the Messiah would come through Isaac. Isaac had to have a son. So certain was Abraham that Isaac would return, that he told his servants uh, when they saw the mountain in the distance, stay here, my son and I are going to go up on Mount Moriah, and we're going to come back again. He wasn't lying. He believed there would be a resurrection. He believed his son Isaac would be brought back from the dead. And God was testing, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe I have the power over life and death? We read this in Hebrews. When God tested Abraham, faith led Abraham to offer his son Isaac faith. Abraham, the one who received the promises from God, again, faith in the promises. And here, this is a faith chapter. This is Hebrews chapter 11, where all the Old Testament people of faith are being mentioned. Abraham, the one who received the promises from God, was willing to offer his only son as a sacrifice. God said to him, through Isaac, your descendants will carry on your name. Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac back from the dead, and Abraham did receive Isaac back from the dead in a figurative sense. So Hebrews clears it all up for us. And I wonder, if God makes a promise like that to you, do you cling to it? That one day you're going to die and your body is going to come back to life again? Do you cling to that? You bet we do. I can't count how many bedsides I've been next to. How many of our beloved members we've lost as we held their hand and they were breathing their last. And their family assured them, we'll see you again. But I'm dying, yes, and there will be a resurrection from the dead. And there will be a life everlasting. And there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth and we will get glorified bodies. Yes, I believe that. Or as you face death, and you find out you have cancer, 
And God has said, when you breathe your last, know this, you'll live again. So that when you close your eyes, you're ready to die. You're ready to go, your soul into the presence of God, and your body in the grave until that day when both are united at Christ's return. And so we face death, don't we, knowing. Now, I don't have to sacrifice my son, but it's the same promise. I die believing. And that's what Abraham did with his son. He was willing to kill his son believing, clinging to God's promise that there is life after death, and he believed that God would be faithful and keep his promise. But that's not all. Something else of, of, of supreme importance, profound importance, happened on Mount Moriah. Though Isaac's life was spared, a sacrifice had to be made, and there in the thicket was a ram, a lamb. A male lamb. And the blood of that lamb was spilled. A substitutionary sacrifice. You say, well, that's a big word, substitutionary sacrifice. What it means is a sacrifice that substitutes something else. So instead of Isaac dying, the lamb died. Now, I want you to close your eyes and kind of journey with me to a place far away. As we travel through time, we go, oh, about 2,100 years. And we arrive with our feet firmly planted on Mount Moriah, that same mountain. It's now 30 A.D., and it's Good Friday. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, and Jesus Christ has been nailed to a cross, and he's on the same mountain in the same spot. On top of Mount Moriah, except now it's called Mount Calvary. And God, once again, is offering a substitutionary atonement, a substitutionary sacrifice, except this time you and I don't die forever. You and I are not on the altar of the sacrifice of eternal death. But Jesus gives, God gives his own son. And the one who set Abraham free is now the one who is on that cross to suffer and die. The lamb of God dying for the sin of the world. So thankful was Abraham that he provided that substitutionary sacrifice. He calls the name of the place Yahweh Yaira which means the Lord will provide. And so the Lord has provided for you a sacrifice. He's provided for you a Savior. Now, a few, a few important questions before we, we wrap up here. Do you think it's by chance that Mount Moriah and Mount Calvary are the same place? And if it's not chance, then consider what God did over the years. Do you think it's by chance that in both sacrifices, a substitutionary sacrifice took place? Do you think it's a chance that in both sacrifices, the only son, the most beloved son, was placed upon the altar of sacrifice? Or do you think God has a plan? And if God has a plan, then you're part of it. 
And if he's able to think ahead so many years to be able to give us that assurance that when Jesus dies on the cross, he is my Savior. That when Jesus dies on the cross, he is who he's said to be. That if he has a power over death and he has a power over, over uh, and, oh, uh, that we might live and be resurrected, then we can die in peace and we can die clinging to the cross and we can die clinging to the promises and we can die, endure any fiery trial because Christ's death saves sinners from eternal death. And his death was substitutionary. That means when Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago, your sins died with him. There's nothing left for, to punish in you. He was punished on the cross. And St. Paul says it succinct, succinctly, one died for all, therefore all died. And so faith clings tightly to that, just like Abraham did. And that's his promise. And that's our hope. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And one day you will mount up like on wings like eagles. And you will fly away to that paradise that God has prepared for us for those who trust in him. And may God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and life everlasting. Amen.